Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. Five is on the side. Because also, like, you wouldn't want five a five pound note, would you? Because then it's cash. You're gonna deal with cash. Oh, yeah, I'd have to bring a little um, sort of the contactless terminal sum square. Sum up. S- sum up. It's the thing that they use in um, what's it called? Quentin's Cafe, Quillian Brothers. Oh, what the little like that plugs into an iPad. Yeah. Oh yeah, those ones. What's PayPal too? <laughs> Is it Zettel? I Zettel. That's another competitor of some up, yeah. Have you did you see that like early, early days of contactless, there were people that would like have something set up with like the maximum contactless payment and then would just go around like near people's pockets trying Tapping. to get the uh, transaction. Yeah. Mad. Um, it was only thirty quid like, though, wasn't it, back then? That protects your card from being so, wandered. In America, there is no limit. Really, they just and weirdly, contactless is not really a big thing here yet. Like, it's probably still a couple years off mass adoption. What? So, are you still like chip and pin, or is it you have to sign the? There, there is some, there is some signaturing going on. It depends where you're at, but I think so. LA is actually a lot more contactlessy. It's been very friendly to that uh, versus New York. New York, yeah, weirdly, New York is a lot of like insert card, pull out. Like, it's a lot of that going. Not very COVID friendly, is it? There, There was a guy that put up a blog post a while ago like basically poking holes in the system of like when you pay pay by card and then sign the thing and he was like look this is not a good system no one knows what my previous signature looks like so he would start like first he he just signed the wrong signature like a different one no one said anything so then he started signing someone else's name still nothing so then he started writing in capital letters i do not authorize this transaction and so he said once he was pulled up on doing that and he was like oh well that's that's just how my signature looks like it might look like it says in capital letters i don't authorize this transaction but no that's just that's just john smith how it in my hand in my writing the because it used to be like if you hadn't signed your card that was like how dare you not sign? Oh, well, people used to like yeah. take the payment and then like look at it look at your signature against the card and it was like the the cashier's judgment of whether there was fraud going on or not no no one's got time even for that even for that highly that's sensitive. what's wrong with society We're, we've lost the cashier's judgment <laughs> <laughs> I just trust Apple Pay please. Do, do you, you, both, you use Apple Pay right yourself I think we, did uh, we have this conversation the other day I live on Apple Pay it's, yeah it's my favourite was it with Chris who doesn't use Apple Pay Yes, because he tried to pay for a meal by cash. That was it. Mask. <laughs> oh, God. But yes, yeah, so this was like last week, wasn't it, where we both said how much we, we use Apple Pay for close to everything. Like, I can't think of a thing that I'll buy 
in person where I don't just use my phone. Because the limit's like, unless you're in like Tesco and a few supermarkets where I think there is a max limit, which is like 60 quid or something, the limit is just whatever the limit of your bank is that you can transact in a single amount. I thought it was £300 or £360, but I might be wrong. I think it's, well, we should test it. It's an expensive test. Let's go and get... Well, actually, no, because I suppose you can buy... But this is the in the Apple shop. You can buy a Mac with Apple Pay, but maybe that's an exception. They have special ring fence rules. Because <laughs> the, when you reports. now it's Face ID, it feels. I, I, quite, I used to quite like play, paying with my thumb. That felt very secure. Yeah. But now, like, because you know when there were when, when there was the like a lot of the riot. Well, it happens. I think in every riot I've seen, like every like mass communication now, it says make sure you've got. Um, Face ID turned up on your phone. Yeah, is that is that for theft reasons, or is there something else with that? What when there's riots going on? So like, if there's big groups of people, they'll say like, make sure you've got Face ID turned off. I feel like Alex knows why. Well, so I think that's for the protest. Well, no, I think it's so protesters can't be identified by police. I think that's the reason for that. I believe, uh, or is that like? Well, so if they take their phone off them and scan it, then they'd be able to see who they were on the phone. Well, no, no. As in like, well, I don't know. Who's the advice for in this situation? I think it's, I've seen like... I like that Johnny... (laughs) I like the idea that Johnny's just received a message (laughs) in the post. (laughs) Johnny, if you're at any any of them, they're riots. Certainly when there was the... When there was the Black Lives Matter riots in the US, like whatever that was, like a year ago, um... There was social media posts that went obviously viral for lots of different reasons. And a lot of them had like how to like protest safely guidance on them. Yes. And yeah. One so of that the was points was before, yeah. one of the points was turn face ID off. And I, I thought like, is there something like, is there something I don't know about face ID? I assume like if no, someone. It would be so that if police got violent or if police were trying to like track down protesters to prosecute them, um, then they won't be able to identify because you wouldn't have to take your mask off to use your phone. Whereas if you take your mask off, you're then identifiable and therefore by the court of law. So it's actually much simpler than that. So it's nothing to do with face ID. It's just so that you can open your phone. It will be so you're opening Yeah. So you can open your phone and so you don't have to reveal your face. But I would think it makes it safer because you can be anonymous. I was hoping there was some really like technical, complicated reason involved in like if you know if you've got Face ID on in your on your phone, then like someone can somehow hack in and like take your because I assume like your phone's your phone's got your face in it, hasn't it? Stored in what your face looks yeah. like, which is a bit weird. But what I was about to say was now Could when you buy like, things on like the yeah. Apple Store or uh, on the App Store, sorry, it's it just does that thing where it, or even when you buy something on Apple ID online. It just yeah. does the circle. So you like press by a couple of circles, ding, and you're like, oh, oh, that's it. I bought it. Like I feel like there's not enough, there's it's not enough manual authorization. Because it? it's like, yes, you've bought my virtue of having a face. Whereas yeah. when you're paying with your thumb, it's like, no, I've put my thumb here. Like I, this isn't the thumb's resting position. <laughs> so, yeah, but I, I imagine that is all intentional design to create as little friction as possible for you to spend money. Well, so there was a scam that was built off the back of that low friction thing, which was the 
Uh, Is it called Candy Crush? <laughs> it was the Ancestry app. And um, it used to be when you had the thumb thing. And when you select, like, yes, I want to download this app, um, it would set up, like, the pre-authorization for the payment to sign you up to, like, a £1,000 a month or £1,000 a week subscription um, just on the off chance that you happened to be resting on there. And there's other ones where they, like, they put an advert with a little cross, but the cross is right next to the, like, sign me up for million pound payment. So that quickly got taken off the app store. People be like, I would oh, imagine. no, I don't need to. Because <laughs> it's quite hard to get, if you buy something on the app store, I think they're quite they're notorious for, like, not, not refunding payments. Because they just get so many people who are like, my son bought 3,000 gems on yeah. Minecraft and it's cost... <laughs> It's cost me the. Meanwhile, the username of that player is just the name of the person emailing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had we had a a refund request once actually from someone who claimed that his son had bought faster fat loss, and he didn't know why, but it had been like opened. We could see that it had been like accessed, and the person had been like clicking the emails and looking at the extra resources from the email that the email address that had emailed asking for the refund. Like, would, yeah. would you not yeah. like your to support your son in losing fat, or is it actually yeah. you? <laughs> well, the, the the guy who um, claimed that his cat downloaded um, some <laughs> X-rated child images. Wow, very specific, isn't it? Fucking yeah. dirty cat. I suppose well, it's not, like that's... it's maybe possible, isn't it? In like the the monkeys would type out the works of Shakespeare kind of scenario. Like if you left a cat with a laptop, <laughs> I always like to say, <laughs> if you left a cat with a laptop, he'd eventually become a pedo. Eventually, yeah, it would <laughs> download illegal pornography. Maybe he is the one guy in this kind of infinitesimal roll of the dice that it's actually happened to him. Really unlucky, and he's yeah. just furious. You'd be you so just don't want. Your cat very unlikely illegal things to happen to you by accident because no one will believe you yeah <laughs> exactly it um so we have some excellent questions from you guys on instagram and we have 40 minutes and 10 questions i think we'll do it so the first question is from casper surensen who always asks a piece of medical trivia Today's question, I'm going to ask you guys first, is what is the shortest skeletal muscle? <laughs> is just, just so I'm clear before I, I don't want to walk into a stupid question here or I don't want to give a stupid answer. Is that the same as what is the shortest muscle? Yeah, excluding like your um, esophagus and your heart right. and things. Something oh, no, that, that's how I was going straight away. Yes, yeah, no, that was... Thank goodness. Glad you defined that, Yusuf, right. Short, shortest muscle. It's got to be, surely it's like something in your finger or toe. So I, I was thinking, like, is it one of the, one of the muscles that contracts around your ear canal to quieten sounds? Or, but apparently it's the external urethral sphincter. Right. In a man, particularly, I think it's like three millimeters or something. So, can you can you explain in layman's terms, Yusuf, where where that muscle is? 
It's at the tip of the glands of the penis. The very tip. The, the do you know what? And what, what does it do? It's not, it's, sorry, that, that's actually anatomically wrong. It's, um, it's closer to the shaft. <laughs> and what does it do? It's the second point of defence to stop you weeing yourself. So you can't see it contracting or relaxing. It's, it's doing something internally. Yeah, it's tiny. So women don't have one. Men have the external and the internal. Women just have the internal, which is why they're, partly why they're more prone to weeing themselves. Is there something to be said for when men need to go to the toilet and need a wee? They need to go to the wee. They need to go to the wee. And they need a wee more urgently, and women can hold it for longer. Or is that just anecdotal? Probably anecdotal. I. I mean, women's pain thresholds are higher, so maybe it is just a case of like they can just grit and bear it more. Right. That's fair. It's really interesting seeing the period cramp simulator machines that you put on I and mean, just guys just dying yeah <laughs> have you seen there's a video with matt does fitness and he's bought a, like i think it's a like a it's a it simulates giving birth it's and his wife these things exist like the other yeah. introduction well he he is in ag- like agony at half the max contraction I, I, I wonder whether part of that is because he's matt does fitness and he's a very muscly guy so if you make someone who has big abs contracts their abs like electronically as hard as possible it's probably more painful than if you just haven't got much muscle on you it's a great point doctor the bunks period cramped videos <laughs> well it's like the thing i i think you were telling me you said this is a long time ago that like the more the more like weight training you've done the more prone you are to like i suppose your you know like muscles fatigue in like quicker so for muscles I, i'm not really sure where i'm going with this oh this was like, the um on the spine so yeah but back pain yeah that that was more related to like spinal endurance and so olympic lifters have cha- have changed the the fiber type of their paraspinal muscles over time to become like very good at snatching and clean and jerk but it becomes less protective against back pain because they can't they're not they're no longer oxidative slow muscle right. fibers just but... explosively on or off yeah so there we go <laughs> external urethral sphincter pre-workout opinions from Sehawiko. i think they are something that maybe you want to like deploy on a pb day just for the psychological gain more than like it being something that becomes part of the system that you have. Again, it doesn't necessarily matter. Maybe it's just part of the mental routine that you do to get yourself into the mindset to be able to push. But I think like it's more what allows you to more consistently return return to the gym, then go for it. That's sort of where where my my stance on it is. I feel like Yusuf's got a very considered answer that he's just just, just pulling, the, to... pulling the longbow back. <laughs> um, I so I I, it, I think like the only one that I've ever so you, know, you have pre workouts that have like beta alanine in and you know things that give you like a physical sensation off the back of them. So like people like it because they get a tingle if you feel like it's doing something, etc. Um, but really, it's like it's caffeine, isn't it? And a lot of them are, are very high in caffeine. Yeah. Um, so I think the question is more like, is caffeine a good idea? 
Um, I think pre-training, it definitely helps. I have caffeine anyway, so I don't, and I also train generally later in the day. So it, it gem, I generally don't have a pre-workout and I think it's quite easy to start relying on them because it becomes this thing of like, well, if I then, tr- if, can I then train properly without a pre-workout? And what happens if I don't have my pre-workout? What happens if I have to train at 8 p.m.? Am I going to have a bad session because I can't have caffeine? Um, I I personally steer clear of them. Don't have anything. Just have water when I train, <laughs> controversially. Yeah. I think we all, we've all tried the original recipe, Jack 3D, which was like a proper turbo boost. Yeah. Um, but it's very much like that. It's the NOS booster on your car, isn't it? So you can deploy it, but it's going to use up a lot more petrol very quickly and um then you're going to have to like recover harder as well and it's going to be then harder to sleep that night and and that and so it just takes big scoops out of your recovery capacity and you do start to see as johnny described the kind of tolerance effects that people get especially that you get the kind of bro character that will just take like you know you always we always know one absolute mad lad who just takes pre-workout every time like yeah if they're just going for a walk like they'll, they'll have a pre-workout and you just feel like they've just got to be fried like constantly yeah i feel the same way about like pre psych up like i think you've got to be very careful with you know if every rep and every set you're doing every sessions like there's a lot of build-up there's a lot of psych up and you're having a really a lot of emotional hype to it yeah like i think most sessions should just be fairly emotionally neutral like yeah, it's difficult, but it, like it's difficult regardless. Like it, being hyped up doesn't make it less difficult. It just changes your subjective experience of it. It's still just the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> you've got to do. Yeah. Well, there's there's all those memes of like people getting hyped up for like a set of calf raises and <laughs> <laughs> everything else. Yeah. Harrison dreams of mantis mantles says, "Why not Ernie?" <laughs> I, think I think that's for you. Yeah, so this is when I um, was inviting questions and I was wearing a, a hoodie with Bert's face on it and it's the same face that you can see behind me if you're watching this. So Bert is just my spirit animal and I try to make sure he's featured in every every piece of content that we do. What, what's, what's really the reason? Because I, I, I remember you telling me about the big Bert picture. And I thought you were joking. <laughs> when you moved into the house, you're like, I'm going to get a big bird picture. I was like, all right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good one. Moved, moved on to the next conversation. And then when we had a video call, you ha- actually had a big bird picture. Why Why did you pick the big bird picture? It's a good question. I, I think it's a decision that's been made from my heart rather than my head. It's just, <laughs> you just find yourself drawn to it. Um Bert was used to be very popular on the bodybuilding.com forums years ago. Um, yeah. I think whenever anyone put up a progress picture, they would put Bert as their face and that, that became a thing. Um, so maybe it's subconsciously influenced by that as well. I'm sure it is. I think the more, the more I look at it, it is a bit, it's a bit disturbing a little bit. It's the pupils are just, yeah, it looks bad as well. Dilate, maybe Bert's taken some pre-workout. Yeah. It's taken something, definitely. Yeah, full of joy, isn't he? It's so, a good pattern interrupt. Like it's a, it's something that I think. It's ne- you'd never expect it. 
it's it's great because I've I've like presented at medical conferences from home with Bert in the background, <laughs> sat in a shirt. Because <laughs> it's just it's the thing that everyone can see and everyone's wondering, but no one wants to ask the question. It's the elephant in the room, isn't it? Does anybody ask? No. That's that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to fully, fully own it, don't you? Because there'll, there'll be people going, like, glasses on it. Is that the character from Sesame Street? Sesame Street. Yeah. Which Sesame Street character do you think is anatomically most suited for powerlifting? Oh, well, I mean, Big Bird's got a low centre of gravity. Short arms, though. <laughs> Good bencher. Who's, who's got the, um, is it Grouch that's got really long arms? The one in the bin? I guess Oscar the Grouch. Oscar the Grouch. Big Bird. I'm just pulling up the options. Kermit's got long arms as well. Huge head. (laughs) Cookie Monster. Got a good good calorie surplus. (laughs) Quite lean though, Cookie Monster. Yeah, he is actually. Surprisingly so, considering (laughs) his role. Big Bird, has Big Bird not got long arms? Well, Big Bird doesn't have any arms. Oh, yeah, true. Wings. It's a bird, isn't it? You which which would probably affect the uh, the ability to lift. I'm going to ask Wolfram Alpha. This is going to be going to test it. Which Sesame Street character has the longest arms? Is this a an AI driven bot? Yeah. Usually, it's pretty good. Oh, no. It's just... I, so, I think the count, because it would just count out reps, and I'd really enjoy that. <laughs> One deadlift. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> I, I really feel like my right. Sesame Street knowledge isn't great. I feel like you two have pretty solid Sesame Street knowledge. Did you never used to watch it? Yeah, but not like... Clearly compliments today. With enough attention. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's probably still going, isn't it? I'd, I'd love to see what the stock price has done. I don't know. You think it's a listed business? But, uh, is, is CBS Elmo? What is? Maybe. Anyway, I, next question. We've only got 40 minutes. True. Speaking of stock term. prices, someone Fisher has asked, price. can you do trading stocks 101? Um, before recording this, we decided I think this is best for a separate, much more prepared episode. So it's on the list and it will get done. It's coming. Where are you guys from? From Lovelace Bend. You're from uh, which uh, which hospital were you born in? <laughs> oh, the, <laughs> the Afghanistan General hospital <laughs> but you weren't really we're both from newcastle 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 oh, no, sorry not afghanistan it was islamabad general hospital. that was it that was it because i said it's islam and i i am from worthing england, england. yeah there that's like the the stereotype um in a Brit- like the, the British cameo appearance in an American sitcom, you've got someone who's, hello, 
I'm an Englishman and I'm from Worthing. <laughs> Worthing. Like place. It's a seaside town in, in Sussex, England. West, Great, yeah. West Sussex, good. Situated <laughs> at the foot of the South Downs, 10 miles west of Brighton, 18 miles east of Chichester. Okay. Do you know those things, Alex? I, I, well, I didn't know the exact mileage, but I know those two places. Do you know, area? Do you know how many kilometres squared it is? I'm going to go with the kilometres squared. Um, I think you ought, you ought to know this, really, Alex, if you're saying you're from that. I guess so. Uh, the population, 75,000. So I don't have that information to hand. Uh, I also don't know if that's true. That could have, I don't know if that includes the outer bars. Oh, wow. It's changed since an influx. Populations do that, don't they? I'm buying stocks in Worthing. It's 32 kilometres squared. It's home to the English Green Bowls Association, or at least it was last time I was there. Because, you know, that tells you a bit about the city. Notable people born that in... There's not too much going on in Worthing. I wouldn't necessarily... I'd to write anything. So do you think, Alex, that Recently, it was 70,000 ish. Is that what you're saying? It depends what you count in as Worthing, because there's like areas of like, there's like Ferring, Goring, which technically count as Worthing, depending on who you ask. So it was 77,000 back in 1961. I've got the ONS projections for population growth here. So <laughs> you want well, to know? By 2031, it's going to be about 120,000. Oh, so not too much. I don't know though. anything about Worthing. I mean, man, Alex thinks he knows stuff, but is the, is <laughs> the top is the, the top workout step and your your US internet, Alex is is a bit choppy. I'm afraid, so we did we didn't hear all of that. I am I am so sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Don't worry, we can move on to the next question. It's, it wasn't relevant. <laughs> What's the next question you said? So Omar Barechi says. When will we see you single leg hopping on a beach with a tight swimsuit on? This is obviously directed at Alex. <laughs> I think um, that'll be in reference to the stuff we were saying about um, influencers that do workouts that clearly are just made up on the spot and yes. not how they've trained for years. I mean, well, it's interesting though, because like, what would you choose to do? at maintenance would you be doing a lot of flibbly libblies yusuf yeah is that kind of where your wheelhouse would go if the if someone was like you're not allowed to change your body composition you just have to turn up and do some activity it would be flibblies do you think that would maintain your body composition it's i suppose it's a very abstract uh constraint isn't it it's like you're not allowed to eat a calorie surplus or deficit you just got to and and your body will stay the same. But you don't think you would lose any muscle mass if all you did was gymnastics? Oh, no, I think I would, yeah. All oh, right, you would, right. Gymnasts are pretty chunky fellas. They are, but I suppose, like, the the threshold for... Yeah, they, they are pretty chunky fellas. I suppose, like, that's if you go, like, full gymnast. Profes- like, professional gymnast. Yeah, like, like team fair. gymnastics training, then, yeah, you're going to... You're probably gonna. Most people will gain some muscle there, unless you're a bodybuilder, where like the amount of volume you you need to maintain your muscle is pretty high. I would just do like upper body, like th- three 
uh, three sets of 12 on like upper body machine based movements. I can think of like, I, I can't imagine a situation where I would experience any emotional resistance towards that session at all. That's just a nice interesting. piece of chest press. Like some nice, like sort of machine rows that are like on a, on a, like a nice plane. You feel your lat contract and some pull downs, do maybe a bit of incline pressing and you just go home. It's just a nice day out, isn't it? I sometimes see people going for a jog. I don't know whether either either of you get this. Often when I'm like teeing up, like I know like later I've got like three by five and an RP nine deadlift or something. God, that's good. That's going to be, there's no way where that's not at a nine. So it's going to be awful. And then I see someone jogging for their training. And I think like, sometimes I wish I could just go for like a 20 minute jog and that's my training. Because there you are in like a, a cold garage with, 300 on the bar and you're just thinking oh here we go <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I'm, i mean running's equally difficult just it's just less i i'm running so much harder like mentally it's a game i really struggle with it's less like overwhelming though isn't it it, it creeps up on you like the end of a run's not very nice but for the, the middle bit and the beginning of a run's okay and you set how hard it is because if you just go, go slowly, then it's easier. Whereas if the weight has to go from here to here, you can't make that easier. That is as hard as it is. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, I, I'm slowly starting to to feel the wrath of Mike Isretel at the minute. Like, <laughs> you know, when when you've just done three sets of 10 front squats, and then you're like, oh, I've got hack squats now. Oh, and then I've got four sets of hamstring curls. Oh, and then I've got calf raises. And you, you're just wobbling around on your yeah. really painfully pumped legs. Like, but you're not just like wiped like doms are so bad for days that it's it's like you, you can't function yeah there's been a, i'm still gauging the the right volume but i've had a couple of days where i've really overdone it and you're yeah. just like oh, you're waking stings. oh god <laughs> <laughs> so yeah watch this space as well um acas 66 has asked where's the video on bia banks in america bia we're going to have to look this up. Sounds like it. Body uh, mass indicator analysis. Biotech. British indoor athletics. American rapper. <laughs> Business improvement area. B- Bureau of Indian Affairs. <laughs> Business impact analysis. No. Not easy, is it? The video on BIA. AB in arms. Well, a business impact analysis is probably what it was called. Nah. He's going to respond, and it'll be something really obvious. And we'll Board like, of Immigration oh. Appeals. Must be that. Burned in address. Well, I am... Oh, no, bioelectric impedance. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, that that's, that's a shame, because I was actually preparing a video on the Bureau of Indian Affairs. <laughs> BIA... <laughs> Is bioelectrical impedance? Yeah. Analysis. Ah. Okay. Fine. So I'll, I, w- I will add that to the list and you'll know all about Indian affairs and the, re- the relevant bureaus associated with it. Very it's not soon. the Buses International Association, just to be clear. <laughs> That's my video. That's it's, what I'm coming out with. We're going to do three independent podcasts on BIA. All I'm going to do one on bulk inversion asymmetry. <laughs> is that when you you're upside down but you've got one bicep bigger than the other exactly 
yeah maybe you should do the video it sounds like you know quite a bit i'll i'll do the one on bomb impact and uh, bomb impact assessment oh which i know nothing about alex you could do beef improvement association <laughs> beef and buses that's me beef improvement association is a real thing this is just a lit i just typed in bia acronym and it's given I mean, me full... thank god for for people that have dedicated their lives to improving beef the improvement of beef oh I think pretty much everything these days has a very deep niche world behind it. Like there'll be a subreddit for most things, won't there? There's just so many people in the world, isn't there? That luckily Lots. there's like a little club for everything. That love something. So Lil Mac Daddy asks us, would you rather use someone else's used toothbrush or their used underwear? <laughs> That's tricky. So it's it's a at random person. Okay, so does it does it differ for you depending on the person? <laughs> well, yeah, hundred percent. If you know something about someone's dental hygiene or underwear hygiene, then yeah. you could say something about which you'd prefer. Or their like their STI status, I suppose. Like, I know that most STIs are supposed to be transmitted sexually, but you've got you, like i think there's just no peer-reviewed data on wearing someone else's underwear you've you've got to assume it probably transmits some degree of infection well, i think the the sort of person who would wear someone's used underwear is probably also the sort of person who like might have caught an sti at some point Interesting. i'm making a, a big assumption there but but it's a hot take <laughs> But I'm broadly right. Well, and no one's got any data on it anyway, so they can't prove me wrong. Yeah, and there's a whole <laughs> underworld of um, people just selling that, like the the market for selling used underwear, like on eBay and um, marketplace and stuff. And you just think like that could be a way to scale to six figures pretty quickly. <laughs> like, just get if you bulk buy underwear wear one set a day or two a day even and yeah. just ship them off but then you might need to hire a team to you know, what are you selling them at so that the, they're not What's that expensive mean? anymore um, i think the, the market's just become flooded so we need from you so we need about 270 pounds of daily revenue if you want to hit six figures which is i'm, I'm with you like we're going to help you do it we're going to get there but you need to make 270 pounds of used underwear sales daily that's, that's 10 pieces of underwear isn't it so so you need to be producing more than you're selling ideally because you want a bit of buffer, because you might have What's a inventory, some some specific needs as well. Yeah, you need like a menu, don't you? you can't just have one. Although, so back to the would you rather? The underwear is profit. There's not a big used toothbrush market. So as an asset, uh, yeah, that's true. I see what you're saying, but the, but that wearing them aside like you can wear your own underwear can't you you can use someone else's toothbrush wear your own underwear and still sell the underwear yes <laughs> it's true yeah you're not really up more like it doesn't have to like, be someone you have else's an extra underwear. pair of underwear but you might also have an infection of a sexually transmitted nature <laughs> so for me it's the the infection is the the concerning part what's the worst thing you could get from someone else's toothbrush i almost don't even want to hear this leprosy leprosy <laughs> um 
Yeah, I don't know. Some kind of hepatitis, I'm, or I'm, I don't know about hepatitis, but I'm I'm like I'm sifting through all that. I suppose like there might be traces of blood because when you're irritating gums, you're going to have mm. little bits of blood. The dentist told me that um, one of the reasons that like, so when you floss, you introduce a little amount of bacteremia of bacteria in your blood, um, which produces a like low grade inflammatory response and then gets back to normal again. So you could argue that like there's bits of bodily fluids, you're putting it into your blood. Maybe it's worse. Like, I still wouldn't, you know, if someone, if there's a bit of syphilis on someone's toothbrush, you're still taking a chance, aren't you? <laughs> what everyone's hearing here is like the inner, the inner workings of how you make decisions. It's a prime example of like, the more you understand, the worse things can be. To, to be honest, though, like, I feel like I'm out of my depth here. I'd, I'd have to call the microbiology reg and just be like, hi, can I just ask for a bit of advice? I just need to... He's gone. Alex has disappeared. He's been offended by the <laughs> by the topic. So so I think I'd pick... I think I'd pick underwear. Okay. I think because of the reason that it's not going in me. It's far away from you, isn't it? Well, it's not far away from me. It's on me, but it's not in well, me. As long <laughs> as the shortest skeletal muscle in your body is strong enough... To protect me. Yeah. Just squeeze it really hard and then... And I feel like it, it's it's interesting how you're not worried about something going up your bum. You just feel like that won't happen. It's a long way, isn't it? But has it not got all the muscles to to suck suck stuff up? Reverse, what is it? Reverse, Reverse peristalsis. peristalsis. <laughs> <laughs> suck up all the infection. Just eating up all the, the skid marks. In, yeah. yeah. Yum. Goodness me. Yum, yum, yum. So, fine. Underwear. I'll, I'll, I'll maybe join you on underwear. Yeah. Page powerless. We'll together if you want. Fine. Um, best way to recover or recomp after lockdown-induced poor training and diet. Man, story of my life, Tom. I feel like the answer is just slowly introduce training and be sensible. Yeah, I, to, to be honest, I think the main the main thing is not getting injured when you dive back into training. Um, and if you can if you can do that, I think give it a month of just eating as you do, seeing what happens to your body composition. Like, I certainly find myself get a bit leaner, even though I was eating maintenance plus or slight surplus. I think just because you you just sudden new stimulus, having not trained in a while, and then decide six weeks later like okay am i happy with how lean i am or do i want to do a dedicated cut or or just continue with with slowly massing so i think everyone's everyone's had the experience of like doing a like adding a new exercise in or increasing your training volume or adding an extra day per week or something like that and having a huge surge in doms and a recovery impact and it's like if you imagine your systems are optimized for a certain level of stress in a week normally so like since you started training to now you've been able to handle x thousand kilos of, of volume a week and that's been your normal if that's fallen to zero and you've been adapting to zero and maintaining at that state for however long and then you suddenly add back in 
the same volume as you were doing previously, there's a huge demand on so many things. And it's just not really, even if you kind of take all of the, like, how do you design a training program out, out of it for a second and think, like, what's the logical way of doing this? Just, I would take, like, a fifth or, or or less than that of what you were previously doing and just add progressively until you're back up to normal. Don't expect progress for a couple of months, I would say. And if you're making, I mean, or, or just, yeah, reset your expectation for what is progress. Like, mm-hmm. suddenly all your PBs are zero again. Yeah. Brilliant. Then yeah. you're making progress every week. And... Well, a PB is like three gym sessions in a week. You know, it's the process of, oh, I trained three times this week. That's a huge progress from last week. Yeah. Exactly. But you've, you're going through this, right? Yeah. And the, the numbers always come up very quickly, but I, it, it's almost like, um, you know, your, your connective tissue and stuff is like a bit angry at you, despite the numbers <laughs> still being high. So I can really see how a steroid user could tear a pec because if you're suddenly just like oh well these weights feel light like why should i hold back yeah and then ryan crowley happens ryan crowley he was the guy who had the famous pec tear last couple of weeks yeah on the incline bench yeah that was so bad yeah horrendous ryan the thing i feel for that is like that's that's an injury that's i don't know what the recovery timeline is for that but i imagine six months at least so he retore it slightly um because he was just diving back in i think he's been slated a little bit some people have said he like based on his previous numbers he was just trying stuff that was really a bit um out of his own out of his his own depth Mm um but i I mean, sorry, I, I think that's like a almost the argument against pre-workouts, right? Is that it, it or, or even like the hype up, it doesn't allow you to emotionally regulate. If your ego or if your like hype becomes so intimately connected to the workout, I think it can, it often opens the doors up to behaviors like that, where you're like, oh, fuck, let's go, beast mode. Yeah. And like, it's like, all that stuff makes for great tv makes for great kind of instagram stuff of like go hard or go home train insane or remain the same all this kind of stuff and it's like at the end of the day just turning up and doing the boring stuff and just staying a you know a few kilos away from your absolute like eyeball busting max probably a good idea if you want to get strong long term yeah yeah like there's there's literally no reason to it's going to be slower than you want it to be and even if you think, oh, this is going to be slower than I want it to be, it's still going to be slower than that. Yeah. <laughs> like in terms of progress. And, but then it's like, you know, it's, it's the old tortoise. I always like to say, there's a story I, I, you know, I came up with as a tortoise, right? <laughs> there's this hair. And this hair did some roids and tore a peck. And the tortoise was like, nah, I'm just going to do compounds for five years. I'm just going to gradually increase progressively. And then the tortoise was jacked. Seven or an eight. Yeah, well, it's it, it's the whole thing about like a, the stress stimulus ratio of an exercise too, isn't it? Like, and and actually, this leads us on to the final question by Mauro Eastbourne, one of the greats, one of the the old timers, oh, Mauro. So he says, gyms are closed since first November. Should I start really conservative when they open? I guess there was your answer, Mauro. Reset your PBs and just treat everything as a success i 
like four weeks ago, injured my adductor on a set of deadlifts. And it was very, a lot of the injuries I've had have been like, everything's fine, everything's fine, everything's fine, rep, gone. Like something just goes at the, usually the point where you, you're really starting to take the weight. So like with a bench, it might be sort of the driving portion or the, the bottom of a squat or something like that. And I think the hardest part of, of training is thinking, I probably shouldn't do this set. Like something doesn't feel quite right. Something feels a bit off. And instead of seeing every, like every session is an opportunity where you might get injured basically. So if you every time you're pushing slightly beyond, if you're, I think there was, I read this study about how, the percentage of people who were injured during warm-up sets is insane. Really? And it's if, like, if you think about it, like when are you least focused during training? It's like, yeah. while you're just messing around, warming up, chatting to friends, and then suddenly up, oh, throwing something out of my back or What's if you move shoulder your furniture hurts. or something too? Like you're not really yeah. like focusing on your form you're just like when you're not braced yeah so like uh, especially when you're just reintroducing seeing every session is like if i'm not like the worst thing that could happen is i just get back into the rhythm i go way too hard and then i injure myself and i'm back at i can't train again for another three months yeah so, it's, it's such a big step back like it's not it's never worth the 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 extra no. like extra few kilos on the bar um i think probably 70 or 80 percent of the times that i've been injured i felt mm that feeling beforehand of like oh i shouldn't really do this but it's horrible isn't it yeah like it's it's quite a good predictor isn't it of like you really shouldn't have um but then i suppose the other argument is what about all the times you did feel like that and then didn't get injured and should you always hold back on if you feel i i I am much more in that second camp because i think it's it's so much about being able to turn up the best ability is availability. That's a that's an American football phrase that's often banded about. Um, <laughs> so but no, like uh, I think it's because it's well. So for example, the other day I had a session with squats where I literally backed off forty pounds, like twenty kilos, because I was like, there is no way. Like I could have been like, oh yeah, no, I'm gonna do this, but there's like I was just like, there's no way, and I'm so glad that I did that. And like because my DOMS for four days afterwards was so aggressive, <laughs> like even though I'd gone you know down 20 kilos or whatever and it's like i just think that's i think especially you know i'm not as strong as you or johnny and i think you two are throwing around weights that make sense in in all angles does does that make sense i think there's a certain level at which you need to be more and more conservative where like because if for example say it's a squat and you like the angle of your knee is slightly off or there's, you know, there's something that puts too much stress on a, on a smaller muscle. I think the, the level, the weight is so heavy that it can do some serious damage. So I think there's like even more so for you, I would be more careful. And this is not about like, Oh, you know, you shouldn't, shouldn't try for greatness and all this stuff. Cause you, you look at some of the top powerlifters and when they're going for a, a competition PB, sometimes it doesn't look like they're struggling there's no form breakdown and it's because they they know that the kind of the danger zone of percentage of your max is just not it's not worth it even in competition mm. yeah well it ends, it ends up just being like a case of you you kind of especially that some of the weights that like the top powerlifters in the world lift like owen hubbard's a great example like you'll see him miss a lift Go, like walk off the platform come back on the platform and then 
do it easily and it's all just the the the, the millimeters of exactly where his hips were and where his knees were and where the bar was on his back these things have to line up perfectly and that's almost like a concentration thing which again just leads back to pre-workout psych up and all these things create this environment where you just it's messy and you hurt yourself if you're getting like slapped and like sniffing a ammonia and then you're coming on and you're a bit shaky and a bit disoriented like and then you expect to keep your your feet are like this (laughs) (laughs) like this feet feet are like that and then you're like how do i how do i keep a straight line coming up in a squat and then you hurt your knee and you wonder why yeah horrible (laughs) so all the questions for all the questions by the way if you have any questions for us that you want to send by voice message if that's your preferred medium then go to propane-business.com and click on the top bar there is a ask us anything and you can literally record us a message as long as you're happy for us to play it on the podcast if you're not just say on the message we'll put auto-tune on it we we will auto-tune you and uh, it'll be great it will be great (laughs) this has been great we're desperate for one aren't we I think we'd all like it. People send loads of loads of like DM questions, email questions. Sometimes you get letters, don't you, Johnny? Letters. Very frequent, actually. I actually had a letter just to leave you with this thought. I had a, a someone put something through the door two days ago, which was a photocopy of a handwritten letter. This is basically like an outreach strategy. <laughs> it was a photocopy of a handwritten letter. And you think, like, why have you not just, like, uh, anyway, it, it basically saying, are you thinking of selling your house? Because I'd like to buy a house. And I just thought, like, of the things of the things I've received through the letterbox, that's the strangest. There's so many things about it. It was all, it was written almost like a sales letter. It was written with like backstory, pain point, pain point, like why we'd like to move to like this part of, of where you are and. And all oh, sorts of stuff, really? like please, and, you know, and then like my my family and all these sorts of things. But it was I, initially, I was like, oh my god, it's a handwritten letter that someone's just written to us. And then you realise that it's actually on a piece of like cu- someone's like folded the cardboard and then ripped it, and then yeah. put loads of those through a printer and photocopied the handwritten letter and just blasted it through everyone's door. So it's not some like advanced NLP thing where it's I don't like- know. Well, I mean, it might be. If you do it handwritten, it seems more <laughs> Johnny's Johnny in two weeks. Yeah. So I'm man. living in a different house. It's <laughs> not about any background noise. I'm moving. Yeah. I mean, should I, I should just respond and say, like, for twice the price, you can have it. But maybe that's that's what... negotiation 101. It's, it's, worth, it's worth a moonshot, isn't it? Like, I think a lot of people, if, you know, even if they're not willing to sell their house, they're not looking to move. If you offered them twice the market rate for their house, like many people would be like, oh, all right, then. Bit Go of pain, on. But... I just didn't, it's just one of the markets that just like doesn't really work like that. Do you know what I mean? It's not, it's this, it's a seller's market. It's not a buyer's market. Like someone has to be Triggers a buying decision. Yeah. Like there has to be something to sell before you can buy it. In most cases. Yeah. And you, and you're thinking, I wouldn't do that. What, like, I'm, I'm very keen to hear from anyone who, if someone came to your door and offered you twice the market rate for your house and you I think most people no. would say yes. Sorry? I think most people would say yes. Most I, I'm interested in the people that would say no and why they wouldn't. Because that is a 
a fascinating situation. Well, I think you've got to wonder, like, why someone wants to pay twice. That's it's such a large leap in like. It's like maybe it's maybe it's the foundations of the house are an oil well, or like I think you'd want to do some some. You'd, you'd check. get a survey straight away, wouldn't you? You'd be yeah, like, like mm-hmm. I'm missing something here. I need to check something. Like, what do they think is worth twice the price? So I don't want to see proof of funds. <laughs> so you'd immediately be suspicious. Well, I think you've got to be, haven't you? Yeah. I think it'd be odd to not be suspicious. I'd be suspicious of the person who wasn't suspicious. Because <laughs> <laughs> that then makes you think there's something wrong with the house as well. As the person offering twice, knocking the door, hello, I'd like to offer you twice the value of your house. And for someone to just go, oh, yeah, definitely. You'd be like, hmm, is there something wrong with the house? Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. So on that so note, I'll let you know if I get a follow-up. I'm, I'm hoping I get, like, another one saying, like, hey, I just, I, I try and connect to the, the podcast today. Um, like, I saw, <laughs> saw you lived on the street. I just, it's great to connect. Are you interested in selling your house? <laughs> You're interested in setting up a wine e-commerce business. And follow this follow this link. Copy this link I've written down here in handwriting into your browser. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Been lovely. See you later. See you later. Want to learn more about the systems we use to run, build, and scale propanefitness.com? Head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build Propane Fitness. We walk through the sales systems, the delivery systems, follow-up, remarketing, how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24-7. We really do cover the full thing, right? And if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us, there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels, the best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.